Welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. I'm your host, Leo Dian. Today, I'm joined again by Kim Arnett. Hey, Kim, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Go ahead and let you introduce yourself, Kim. Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on today. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, so my name is Kim Arnett. I'm a senior iOS developer. I've been an iOS developer for about eight, well, just over eight years now. I pretty much started in mobile, which was really exciting. I actually got my start in Android and I quickly switched over to iOS. Uh, I just fell in love with the platform, fell in love with the products. So yeah, never really looked back. I actually didn't know that you had done Android development. That's interesting. How long ago was that? <laughs> yeah, long enough ago. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> my my education was actually in Java. And when I was looking for my first job, you know, there was this huge market for mobile developers and it was still so new that there just wasn't a lot of people out there that had any experience in it. So when I went to Eastern, I was actually a part of like this initial mobile class, which I actually did not well in, <laughs> but that's another <laughs> topic for another day. And so, yeah, I got some experience in Android and, and iOS through that. But Android came more naturally to me because it was in Java and that's where my education was. So it was like an easier starting point. So I actually had a Android app published to the Google Play Store at one point. And it, it did. Is it still there? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Google, it was there for far past its time. There were so many updates that came out and finally Google pulled it because I wasn't doing any updates, which was fine. It was not an insult at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been you were telling me that you were doing a recent push for hiring at your current place and you wanted to talk about hiring and kind of what you've learned a lot recently as far as like some of the challenges that you've faced and things like that. So yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into it. What have you learned recently as you've been doing a lot of hiring and interviewing lately? Yeah, absolutely. So this was something I, as eight years in the industry, I've had my fair share of traumatic experiences, you know, as, as one could imagine. And I mean, it's nothing too crazy. There's, there's plenty of stories out there. A lot of people have the same experiences, whether it be freezing up in a whiteboard interview or, you know, being asked questions that are way outside of your job description being set up to fail essentially in your interview. And as somebody who struggles with anxiety and has my entire life, you know, it, it brings a special challenge to an interview because like I've learned to live with my anxiety, but I certainly have triggers and interviewing is definitely one of those. Any high stress situation, you know, I just completely shut down. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of the backstory. This past experience was my first time really diving into the other side of the table. You know, I've been pulled into interviews before, which we can talk about a little bit more. Some of them good experiences, some of them not just from like an observation, somebody who asks occasional questions. But yeah, this recent experience, we, you know, I was given the opportunity to basically What's it going to look like? You know, what is our current process? What are the benefits? What are the downfalls? What can we do to really make this better? So we essentially took pieces of what they had in place 
right? This is a new team. So I had no say in what was there previously, but I certainly had say going forward, right? As a senior iOS dev now, I said, we're not doing hacker rank. We are not doing these arbitrary code tests. What was the first word you said? Hacker, hacker, hacker rank? rank? Yeah. What's that? It is an online tool that allows you to present code challenges. I don't know if it's live. I know there's like a test feature that you can kind of go through these challenges on yourself. That's how a lot of people will practice. Okay. Okay. But there is like an interviewing aspect of it that like some use in the company. I just don't know what that looks like, but I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I am terrible at code tests and you know, it's not an accurate description of what my abilities are or what a candidate's abilities are. I just, I feel like there's so much badness there. You know, it, it's exclusive to self-taught devs. It's exclusive to bootcamp devs. It's relying on like this computer science knowledge that like you really have to dust off to even, <laughs> you know, dive into. So it's just, it's not, it's not cool. Hey folks, I wanted to let you know about my app Heart Twitch which is available in App Store today for the Apple Watch. Hartridge is completely free, but for Empower Apps users, I'm giving you access to Hartridge Premium for three months free using the code EmpowerAppsMarch. That's right, use the code EmpowerAppsMarch to get three months free of Hartridge Premium. What's Hartridge, you say? Well, if you're a live streamer, whether it's playing horror games or doing any sort of exercise, you might want to share your heart rate while you live stream. Sometimes, even on occasion, I want to share my heart rate while I'm nervously trying to figure out how to do some coding in Xcode and live stream that. Well, sign up for Heart Twitch and then upgrade to the premium account and use the code EmpowerAppsMarch to get three months free. With the premium service, you get OBS browser source URL sharing, extra styles, and unlimited streaming. Try it out, and I'd love to hear your feedback on the app and let me know about how this Swift app that I've built for the watch and for the web works for you. Again, try Heart Twitch for three months free using the code EmpowerAppsMarch, and let me know what you think. Thank you so much for trying this app out, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. What kind of questions would you ask then to figure out if somebody is a good hire? Yeah. So we decided to go with a code pairing challenge. So I I think I can dive into this because we're done hiring on my team for right now. (laughs) You know, don't want to give too much away. But um, (laughs) instead of having this code test and, and seeing the basic knowledge that they have. And I mean, people claim that they can see problem solving through these. We decided to do a code pairing challenge. So we have a basic iOS app set up. It was completely blank. There were some data sets in it, but outside of that, it was completely blank, completely new. The candidate is welcome to use whatever they're comfortable in. So off the bat, you're setting them up for success, right? You say you can use storyboards, you can use UI kit, you can use Swift UI, use whatever you would normally use to develop this app. And basically, we just go through steps of building a simple app. Nothing crazy. 
the milestones that we are expecting you to hit change based off of your experience level. So, you know, somebody more senior, we would expect clean your code out of them, maybe some thought behind some architecture patterns, things like that, right? But we're not expecting like this whole full-fledged app. So the primary thing that we're looking to get out of this is how do you talk to us, right? Can you talk through problems with us? Can you take our suggestions? Can you iterate on things, take feedback? Can you give us your thoughts if you disagree? So it's more on the people side of it, even though we are diving into code. I just generally don't much care how you code, right? Anybody can learn anything as long as they're willing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree totally. I think like the whole thing with needing to communication, just communication is so key, especially for a more junior developer. I think like the book knowledge stuff, it's still like a bit overemphasized. Yeah. But at the same time, like having that experience of knowing how to learn more so than necessarily what you know, I think is important with a senior developer. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I totally agree. Like the whiteboard stuff or just like asking people like quizzes. Like I just remember as a .NET developer being asked all these questions about like C Sharp mm-hmm. that for all like purposes now I think is like outdated. So it's like, why would you ask very specific technical questions about how to do stuff when you're kind of interested more in like their ability to be agile and learn new stuff and just kind of like, that over just basic technical knowledge. That's what you're talking about, right? When you're talking about like these computer science questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like what are the four pillars of object-oriented programming? You know, that's one that always gets asked for some reason. I, I don't know the answer to that. What is <laughs> like well, like first of all, and it's an outdated question too. Yeah. It's like object-oriented, like that's just this People know it without knowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the, the industry has kind of moved beyond object yeah. oriented programming in a lot of ways. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's such a pain point. Like I and especially with some of these code challenges and interview questions that I see companies throwing out there, and it's like, what are you trying to gauge by asking this? What do you think is the reasoning behind it, or why do you think? I have my own opinion, but I want to ask you first, like, why do you think they do this? Yeah, it absolutely feels like a power trip. (laughs) That's, that's exactly my take. I, I think to some aspect, I think it's, well, these were the questions that I was asked. Okay. Well, does that make it okay? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) First off, but second off, like I've seen people just hang candidates up to dry and then just say, well, they don't have what it takes. Okay. But you didn't guide them at all. You gave them a, you know, question that with two years in the uh, industry at this point in time, I would have problems with answering, Mm -hmm. you know? So that made me feel like, should I even be here? So yeah, I, it feels like a power trip. I have no other explanation for it. I mean, I think there's like a disconnect between HR and like the people who do the actual technical hiring too. Like, I think you posted that tweet recently with like the job description, just the thousands (laughs) of things that they put on there. And it's like, well, 
you know, we want to find the ideal candidate, but when you post these ridiculous postings with thousands of things, like you're just going to get people scared. And it, well, me yeah. personally looking at that, like it looks to me like this is a company that doesn't know what they're doing. So like that, that just makes me not want to like work for them. Yeah. But like, I think there's like that disconnect between HR. We talked about this on the episode with, with John uh, Knox, who does a lot of uh, the stuff with iOS developer jobs and things like that. And just how like, and maybe we can get into it. Like there's particular challenges. I think that HR and technical folks have with, with iOS development hiring in particular, right? Yeah. There's definitely a large disconnect and that's true for pretty much every company I've been with. That job posting I posted, I actually worked at the previous company, which is why it came up on my radar. This is mm-hmm. like, oh, you might like, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I, I have worked on teams before that have had similar job postings and I've called out like, what, what are we doing here? I don't even know half of this stuff. And these are completely different wheelhouses. And, you know, I was told, well, you know, we, we want to, not turn anyone away, but it's more intimidating. Yeah. Than it's welcoming. And I think people don't get that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, yeah, I don't even know. I, <laughs> I don't even know. The entire Was there anything process. particular that's challenging with iOS development, like hiring folks? Because like one of the things I see is like, I've seen this before and it's like, you have to have knowledge about this particular framework that people use. And it's like really, really specific without any sort of like knowledge that, Hey, you want to hire people that can learn this stuff. Not people that already have knowledge of it, because that's just going to make it more difficult on you. And you might end up with someone who's less flexible in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. I mean, Throughout my career, and especially in mobile, things change so fast. We're constantly learning. You know, after Swift came out, it was like complete change, right? Totally new language, totally new paradigms. Um, And we spent time learning that. And now that I feel like we have a master on that, now Swift UI comes out. You know, things are always going to be changing. And in the mobile space, there's also other products, right? Wearable, the TVOS stuff, you know, there's smart cars coming out, like all of that falls into mobile to some extent. So honestly, like that's the biggest skill that you could have as a developer is what, how do you learn? How do you learn best? You know, I don't expect everyone to know everything. That's impossible. And I get so frustrated with hiring managers that do and you know, not just hiring managers, but hiring developers that do expect that. Well, they didn't know what this was. Okay. But, you know, they taught themselves how to build out this app. Surely they could use Google to look that up. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Right. Um, so. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but like surgeons, when they're having surgery, they'll commonly like Google stuff up because they don't remember every little thing. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but like it's pretty common knowledge during surgery. Sometimes like doctors and surgeons will look stuff up. Sure. I think if they can do that, I think we can use stack overflow. I think we're okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's another aspect of the interview that we included too. You are welcome to use whatever you need to get the job done. You're welcome to pull in frameworks. You're welcome to use Google. You're welcome to use stack overflow. You're welcome to use interviewers. Whatever helps you get the job done 
it's it's up to you. So mm-hmm. yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, so one of my first interviews, and it was like one of my favorite interviews I've been in to date. Uh, was for my first job. It was like the one thing they did right. I will call out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, they they told me ahead of time as a part of your inner and as somebody with anxiety again, like this was so key to me, like not working myself up and being able to actually function. But they told me ahead of time what to expect from the day. And also, we're going to have two hours coding session. And it's going to be basic input output app. So while as an interviewer, I don't expect, you know, to, or as an interviewee, I don't expect to know like what's on the quiz, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but having an expectation for the day was extremely helpful. Because I can say, okay, this morning, it's not going to be very technical. You know, we're going to talk with the hiring manager and maybe a director. But in the after, and this is like back pre-COVID full day interviews, right? And then, but after lunch, we're going to dive into technical stuff, prepare mentally for that. And that was a total game changer. I went into the day with a clear head. My coding challenge, it was a simple input output app. I had a text field and I had to output the text into a label. And I finished it in like 10, 15 minutes. And it only took me that long because it wasn't on my machine, right? (laughs) There were shortcuts I'm not used to and things like that. But just having that expectation was a game changer. And I really want to pay that forward, you know, as an interviewer now. I want people to know that I fully support you and I'm not hanging you out to dry. So also in my first job, I was in a conference room and a hiring manager that I knew he wasn't my hiring manager, but he walked in and I said, Oh, do you have this conference room? He's like, I have an interview, but you can help me out with it if you want. I was like, okay, well, I've never, you know, been on this side of the table before. So this could be fun. And he sat in and a candidate fresh from college came in and they were talking and I was just kind of like working in the corner, half listening. And he gave him a whiteboard problem. And it was radio silent for an hour while he worked on this whiteboard problem. It was so uncomfortable being in that room as somebody who wasn't even a part of the interview, but also as somebody who was like still very new in their career and still very imposter syndrome, right? I still suffered from that. I still suffer from that. But it was very high at that moment in time uh, for a lot of different reasons. But seeing that experience, That was terrible. And then he made it through the problem. The candidate made it through the problem. Then what happened? Uh, They talked for a little while about the solution and he went on his way. It was, it was about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I don't quite remember. Uh, And then the hiring manager asked me what, what I thought. I was like, well, it sounds like he got to the solution and sounds like he talked through the steps afterwards. And he said, yeah, but I don't like it for this reason, this reason, this reason. And I just couldn't help but think, well, if he wasn't on the right track, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you, you know, point him in the right direction or tell him what you expected? There were no expectations out of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if there's radio silence on a whiteboard problem like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just think about that experience. I think about experiences. I've had one whiteboard problem that pops into my mind is I was doing some math problem or some algorithm problem. 
And I wasn't sure what was expected. And I asked the question and all I got back was, I don't know, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done those before. And uh, it, it comes across as, I don't know how to put it. Arrogant. Uh, they're trying, yeah, arrogant. <laughs> but I think they justify themselves by saying like, oh, if the candidate really wants the job, they'll do the best job possible. But I feel like you end up hiring like very like, I don't want to say arrogant type people, but like people who kind of think they're know-it-alls, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people who just don't have, because because a lot, like if we, I feel like a being in the drum quite a bit like part of programming is communication with your with other people because nobody yeah. builds apps all on their own i mean there are indie apps right but i mean like, yeah. if you're looking at getting hired obviously it's going to be like communication is a big key uh and part of that so if you take that out of the equation and you just expect somebody to do a sorting algorithm on a whiteboard like that's that's not going to help you with half of the work that this person is going to be doing on your team. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's so many problems that come out of that too, with not funneling for communication. You know, I've seen time and time again, people like, well, our developer can't talk to our designer or our developer keeps pushing back on management. They're hard to work with, right? Like everyone's heard that. Right. But that should be part of the interview process that right. we figure out if someone so and so is hard to work with. Like Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Hey folks, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by App Figures. Did you know that better ratings have a direct impact on improving your app's visibility and on driving downloads? Stronger ratings signal that an app has happy users. While there are other factors, app stores tend to float these results higher in search results. As more users find your app, they're also more likely to download it when they see social proof. Learn when to ask for ratings, as well as other tips and best practices by signing up for AppFigure's weekly newsletter at appfigures.com newsletter. You can check the links in the show notes for more details. I highly recommend checking out the newsletter that they put out has a lot of great facts and a lot of great tips to get more traction for your apps. Once you've done that, I also recommend heading to appfigures.com to try AppFigures for free. If you like it, both new and existing users can try our special code Empower3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. Check the links in the show notes for more details. Thank you AppFigures for sponsoring this episode and sponsoring Empower Apps. So I'm going to ask you this then. I'm not going to ask the question, what should a candidate do to prepare for an interview to get hired? But rather, I'm going to ask this question. What should a candidate do to prepare for an interview to find out if this company is a good fit for them? Because I think like a good interview, it's two ways, right? It's not just about the company hiring you, but sometimes during an interview, you probably have a good feel if this is a company that might be somewhere you want to work. What are some good ways of finding that out? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, to an extent, I still struggle with this. I've still landed at some bad companies or on some bad, some good companies, but bad teams. So it is really hard to funnel. But with that being said, I do have a list of questions every time I interview that I just continually add to based off my previous experiences. So when I was at my first job and I was looking for my second job, 
I made sure to write down things that I did not like about my first job that I needed at my second job or going forward. So I would make sure to ask those questions in the interview to get the answers that I needed to determine, you know, am I going to be happy here or is this just another pattern reemerging? I don't know what those questions are off the top of my head because it's been a while, but it, it might look like what does your day to day look like if you're somebody that can't stand meetings and your day is full of meetings, you know, you're not going to be happy there. For me, one of the questions I always ask is, how do you prioritize diversity and inclusion? Nice. Generally, I get some BS answer, (laughs) but that's also a red flag, right? If that's not something they've ever thought about, or, you know, if the management chain, you can ask what the management chain looks like, you know, not physically looks like, but just get an idea of how many levels or Tell me about a time where this, but if there's no diversity in the management chain, that's also a red flag. Asking people how long they've been at the company. Yeah. Or how long so-and-so has been at the company is a good indication of what kind of turnover they have too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This could be a double-edged sword though. If the team all looks the same, physically looks the same this time, physically (laughs) If the team all looks the same and they're comfortable and they've all been there a long time, that's also a red flag. Yes. Yep. Agreed. So yeah, it could, it could totally work both ways. I would urge anyone, like if you have any experience or even like in your group projects or whatever experience you do have, think about what would make you happy? What would make you totally unhappy? And aim some questions to try and like uncover what's going on behind the scenes with those. One question that a candidate actually asked me that I thought was pretty spicy, but totally fair. You know, they asked me, what's your favorite part about your job? And what's your least favorite part about your job? And, you know, you might get some people off guard, but those are where you're going to get your honest answers too. So. Yeah. And I think like, it, it, it kind of going back to what you were saying, it really depends on what position you're in. If you're already like at a job, then you're not as kind of desperate to find something right away. So, yeah. you know, I, I can understand those situations, but if you're not like be aggressive because this is a place you're going to invest your time in um, and pay is part of it, certainly, but like being no amount of money is going to make you, happy at a really crappy company. Like if there's anything I've learned. So yeah, um, absolutely. you know, don't be too afraid. I, I feel like I'm in a level of confidence now where I feel like I can be a little bit more aggressive because I've made those <laughs> bad decisions working with certain clients. So uh, I know like, yeah, I need to be like picky about what I do and what I pick. And like, I'm going to be aggressive about the questions that I ask. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in previous companies, one example I just thought of, I'm going back to it, you know, but one thing, mobile wasn't a thought, like it was an afterthought. Uh, And that was really stressful as a mobile developer who's trying to push, like it was a struggle to even get on the latest Xcode or even support the new iOS, (laughs) like just ridiculous fights. You know, but it was it was a huge pain point. It was a big stressor for me. So, you know, one of the questions that I have on my list, how do you prioritize mobile? How do you get to the new iOS? You know, is this something that is thought about or is it an afterthought? 
Look at what their ask them what their staff numbers are and kind of get an idea of the ratio of iOS or Android or web developers. Yeah. That might be a good indication too. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic and um, ask questions. That's the best indication that you're going to have into their world uh, and what they, what they deal with every day. And then, you know, think about what's a deal breaker for you and try and ask questions off of that. So I wanted to touch base again about communication and how important that is. Was there something else you were going to mention about that? Yeah. So one thing, you know, we, we touched on it briefly, but, you know, how do you handle developers that can't work with your team members that, you know, how do you avoid that in the interview process? Uh, this is a topic that came up recently. And the more I chewed on it, the more it revealed about this particular situation. So as a woman in tech, right, I'm automatically a part of the interview process when I'm hiring on my team. That hasn't always been true, but now I'm in a senior position, right? I'm always going to be there. So a lot of the problems that people have highlighted come from developers, male developers, not being able to talk with women coworkers, whether it's the designer, whether it's the leadership, whether it's whatever it may be. And that is the symptom of not having diversity in your interview process. So this specific instance came out of, we were talking about hiring in a women in tech community. And I had mentioned, you know, what we talked about, like pretty much scrapping our, our interview process in favor of a peer code challenge. Like, let's talk about the code. Let's, you know, communicate over it, blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. And somebody replied to me and said, well, this isn't a good indication of how they work with others. You know, we, we have a developer on our team that won't even talk to our designers. <laughs> um, and at first I was like, well, I didn't hire him, you know, <laughs> like I was, did you say problem. that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. I, I, that was like my first thought. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you want? Like, why are you replying to me? That's not my problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the, the more I thought about like, well, you know, I've definitely worked with those people before. Like, how do you screen those people? And the more I chewed on it, the more I realized like not having a diverse interview process is a red flag for exactly that reason. Like, even if your team is not diverse, which thumbs down, by the way, <laughs> but let's just say, uh, even if your team is not diverse, your company is. Right? Like there's people out there that do not look like your team or whatever. They need to be able to communicate with them. It's, it might look like leadership. It might look like recruiting. It might look like marketing or whatever. So like pull people in, <laughs> you know, make sure right. that, that your, your candidates can talk to whoever you throw at them. You know, at, at previous companies pre-COVID, we would have like a lunch session and we would, you know, throw people in the interview, like take the candidate out to lunch and just have a casual conversation. Nothing technical, you know, low, low stress. Um, but we've definitely had candidates that can't talk to people at all. And while there's a place in this world for very technical people that cannot communicate on a small team, it, it's not for us, right? We absolutely need people who communicate. So yeah, <laughs> again, like diversity and inclusion is so incredibly important, but that is like a basic stepping stone 
of how to filter out these, these, I don't want to use the word troublemakers because they're not causing trouble, but you know, the pain points. People with communication issues. Yeah. 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 That, that definitely lead to pain points on your team. Yeah. I totally agree. I've been in those situations where I've worked with folks who just cannot communicate and like, they're usually quite honestly, they're usually like some type of like person that's been there since the company has been around or like a, like a founder or something like that to where they're just so grandfathered in. It's just a part of the company. And like, it becomes difficult at that point because when you're in a leadership role, which essentially they've ended up kind of absorbing, then it becomes really hard maintaining that growth uh, in the company over the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And to be clear, like I want to highlight that I'm not talking about people with disabilities or people that might have a condition that doesn't allow them to communicate freely. You know, I'm I'm talking about people that have no problem carrying on a conversation with like a male coworker, but somebody that would have trouble communicating with a woman coworker or of the sort. So that's really what I want to highlight. And yeah, be- because I'm one of the core members of our interview team now, like I'm happy <laughs> that this would show up, you know, but also like I've been a part of teams where there were absolutely no women involved or no diversity whatsoever. And you can definitely tell, you can definitely tell the difference. Well, thank you, Kim, so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm primarily on Twitter. I, I tweet a lot. That's my warning. But my handle is at Kada Code, K-A-Y-D-A-C-O-D-E. My DMs are usually open, so you can reach me there. But yeah, I look forward to seeing you all on Twitter. Yeah, thank you again for having me. It's so fun to talk about, you know, I'm very passionate about hiring and making the process better. Like we have to make this process better. It sucks. <laughs> I always have a great time having you on, Kim. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Talk to you soon. People can find me on Twitter at LeoGD on my company is Bright Digit. If you can take some time and post a review to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you're listening, I'd appreciate it. Let me know if you have any feedback as well. You can reach me on Twitter through DMs as well. Thank you again, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Music.